Hello, welcome to a new episode of Vertigo Voices. Uh, I'm recording this new intro after the fact because I accidentally deleted the old one, but thanks to the power of technology, there's going to be a seamless transition to the actual episode right now. I'm Colby. I'm Sophia. And today we're going to be watching the film Jonah Hex from 2010, starring Josh Brolin and John Malkovich. (laughs) And Megan Fox, and Michael Fassbender, and Wes Bentley, and Star Making Turn. Oh, and Will Arnett. Will Arnett, yes. (laughs) Captain Glass. And probably some other people. Sorry, this movie is like an hour long. (laughs) So I feel like I have to do a lot of padding to make it feature length, because God knows they did a lot of padding for this movie. So, okay, going to watch Jonah Hex on Blu-ray. It's in the thing. It's in the Blu-ray player. (laughs) Going to hit play. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Play. Ah, no animation this time. Just straight into the movie. I respect that. (laughs) To the point. To the point. Yeah, I haven't watched this since, like, I think 2012, maybe? 2013? I've seen it a couple times. It's uh, it's one of those movies that, it's since it's so fucking short and so easy to forget, you can just put it on and do other things. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of movie that you like wash dishes to. Yeah, I think right now it's streaming on the DC Universe app for however long that app is going to be around. They just announced the the streaming section of it is going away, switching to just comics. Alas. Oh, remember this DC logo? When they got rid of the classic bullet one and did... Oh, there's Jonah Hicks. <laughs> did this one, like the swooshy one. Yes. It was right before they did the page turn one. Fuck, why can't DC just stick with a logo? <laughs> They're trying so hard. The original was so good. I, I thought this was the movie when I first saw it. It was Weed Road. I'm like, oh, we're not in the movie. Never mind. <laughs> we're on Reed Road. Weed Road. Excuse me. So this movie very famously went through a shitload of rewrites as they were filming... The original script by Neville Dean and Taylor is really good. It's just dark, ugly, violent, and uh, it's an easy story. It's just A to B to C to D, the end, you know? Mm -hmm. And then this movie just needlessly complicates the shit out of it. There's like three movies that happen before the opening credits. (laughs) So right now, there's Jonah the Soldier. Felt like it had meaning. (laughs) (laughs) And to his credit, Josh Brolin... Looks the part. He yeah, looked... he's, he's well cast. He's committed, it seems like. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Piece of shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember reading somewhere, it was probably IMDb, like Josh Brolin talking about how everyone, like the whole cast and crew, they really believed that they were making a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you can see the DNA of a decent movie in there. And again, the script is great. You can find it online. I would strongly suggest reading the script. I did a commentary for this movie like seven or eight years ago for my old website, and uh, I basically just just recited the script as we watched it. <laughs> so, like pointing out the differences and similarities. So I'll avoid that this time. But uh, needless to say, go read the script because it's really good. So, okay, why was there a coffin there? Like, because he, he's not dead. 
Um, you know, that's an excellent question. (laughs) Which, again, goes back to the original. That was was the original ending in the original script, by the way. All the shots of the coffin and the red dirt, that was the original ending. Which then gets re-edited into this movie as like a spirit plane or something. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so we've just had the pre-origin. Now we're in the origin section. (laughs) (laughs) Now... I, I should know this, but Quentin Turnbull, he's he's from the comic book. Yeah. yeah. For a long time, he didn't have a name. He was just called the man with the eagle-topped cane. Oh, okay. And then eventually they named him Turnbull or whatever. But, yeah, uh, so he is he's from the comics. He's really Jonah Hex's only major antagonist because Hex is a lot like the Punisher. And then he comes up... Against a lot of one-time villains, and then kills them. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to have a rogues gallery when you kill everyone that's a bad guy. Yes, makes it a wee bit more difficult. There's Michael Fassbender with his tattoos. Oh, there he is. I totally forgot that he was in this movie until you told me. Yeah, this is a, it's just a weird origin, um, and that's another thing that the script does is they don't give him a definitive origin. Mm-hmm. There's a reoccurring bit in the script where he like, he's such a legend in the West that you hear like three or four alternate origins for him. Like just by people sitting around campfires or whatever. And every time his origin is told somebody will change it and it changes on screen. <laughs> Like, that. like yeah, I, I heard he was living like he he was living in the frontier with an ex slave, and it'll show him with like a black woman. Like no, it was an Indian squaw, and then she'll change into an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> they really uh, emphasize that that legend aspect. Yeah. Here's part three of the origin, the animated segment, like the motion comic. I don't know who did the art for this, but it looks a lot like Marcelo Frugin. I think did a little bit of Jonah Hex, but to me, he's well known for uh, his run on Hellblazer with Brian Azzarello. And he also, with Brian Azzarello, did another Vertigo comic called Loveless, which is a dark Western drama. But this looks a lot like his art. I really feel like it is. Oh, yeah, and that introduces the idea that Jonah can talk to the dead. (laughs) Not in the comic books. Not not anywhere in the comic, and not in the original script. (laughs) I wonder why they they did that, why they felt the need to put a supernatural spin on it. Who knows? I mean, there's been a lot of weird West supernatural stuff in the Jonah Hex comics over the years, but it never it's never from a Jonah. Like, that's gotta be Martella Frisian. Ah, God. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's never from Jonah. He's always the constant, like the uh the everyman navigating this world of of weirdness. <laughs> you know? And I really like that about him because he's the one who, like, he survives based on his guile and his grit. And even when he's up against, you know, zombies or ghosts or whatever. Mm. That's another thing. In the original script, there was... Ah, fuck, I gotta stop talking about the original script. No, please don't. I, I don't know the original script. Well, in the original script, there's a bit uh, where he actually, like, fights a zombie. Oh. This character tells him he will help him out if he finds his daughter because she's been kidnapped. And Jonah goes and finds her, and she's like t- been turned into a zombie. <laughs> and there's just this weird little subplot in the script that, again, makes a lot of sense and uh, for the world that they created in this movie. I don't know how they would have done it, but regardless, it probably would have been better than whatever they did do, so who knows. <laughs> and what we ended up with. Those fucking miniguns on the like, 
horse. God, that's so dumb. <laughs> I remember this part. And I, you know, you know what would be cool, though? Like, I would actually buy the, this figure. I haven't bought an action figure in years and years. But if they had, like, a Gatling gun My Little Pony, yeah. I would buy that. <laughs> I would get that. There he is. Old face full of violence himself, Jonah Hex. But see, in Hollywood, a lead can never be really, really ugly. So with the exception of the hole in his face, it looks like he just had a bad reaction to shellfish. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty gnarly there. I don't. I think it looks as good as you can get with that. Because I mean, you can't actually open up his face. So <laughs> the fact that they put a prosthetic in to keep his mouth open, like that's that, that's a that's commitment enough to me. <laughs> It's it's farther than I thought they would take it, honestly. I yeah. gotta give it to him for, for that. It's not Gerard Butler in, in Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh... They didn't give him the big eye, though. Like, in the comics, his right eye is always drawn as being huge. Oh, because, yeah. like, his, his, uh, his, like, eyelid is pulled down or something. But I understand why they didn't, and I, I don't really mind that they didn't, because, again, this is the real world can't have one fucking huge eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to be fair, I do understand the idea of like making something so grotesque that it's hard to look at. Mm. And again, the hole is a nice touch. Um, Man, it's a long scene. I just realized how long they've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> Feels longer than it should be. Anyway. <laughs> For a while now. Oh, he's double-crossed. He, he didn't need to dodge that bullet. That was way far off. Oh, and here comes the fucking Gatling guns. <laughs> Gatling gun pony. Gatling gun pony. <laughs> His horse sure doesn't seem to mind that there are, you know, like hundreds of bullets flying from him. And then he uses his horse for cover. <laughs> That's why when I first saw this movie, I remembered this scene because as soon as, like, the Gatling guns go off, I was like, bullshit. That has to be the best, most well-trained horse in the entire world. Maybe it's a dead horse. <laughs> he's using his magic powers to keep it alive to ride. Right. <laughs> Although I do like the um, I do like the set that they built here. Yeah, it's fine. It just looks like a set, though. It looks like a it looks like a town that they just. It reminds me of the movie Thor. You know um, how in Thor there's just that town built in the desert. It doesn't look like it's a town. <laughs> it's like a big set. They drove out in the middle of nowhere, built a set so that they can blow it up for the finale. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this reminds me of. But, I mean, granted, I can give that more of a pass in the Old West. <laughs> True. Because I'm sure there were plenty of towns that were just built up out of nowhere. <laughs> and then forgotten, yeah. But at the same time, it also kind of handholds you to knowing that the town's going to get blown up in a minute. <laughs> and not just because that was in every fucking trailer for this movie. <laughs> Not much of a surprise. This movie had to have been just crazy expensive with all the rewrites and shit. Refilming. Let's see how much it cost. $47 million. Huh. Cheaper than I would have thought. Hmm. But it made $11 million. That's a fucking bomb. Like, that is. It's not that hard to recoup $47 million on a big, uh, or on a wide-released action movie with A-list talent <laughs> you wouldn't think so you wouldn't think so and i feel like this is the kind of movie where hollywood executives since it does so poorly they say things like well we looked at the charts and just westerns aren't doing so well right now instead of just being like well no you guys made a shitty movie <laughs> 
It's not our fault. It's you assholes' fault for not going to see it. Exactly. exactly. So now no more westerns. Mm-hmm. Oh, that CGI wanted poster looks horrible. I was just going to say, I was like, that doesn't look real at all. Although it's just like a line drawing, like you get at Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> of, uh, of his face. Like they should have just gotten a comic book artist to draw it. How cool would that have been? Why, why not just get uh, Tony Dezuniga, uh, like, his art for that? Oh, yeah, and the big, like, doomsday weapon that he has here, like, fires Dragon Balls or whatever. <laughs> um, in the original script, that's not a thing. In the original script, he, uh, Turnbull is just stealing munitions from the North. Which makes perfectly fine sense. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the, like, you don't need a doomsday weapon if you have the guns and the other army doesn't. <laughs> right, right. I mean, munitions, I'm not an expert, but they were hard enough to come by near the end of the Civil War for certain groups of people, um, specifically the Confederacy. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting how, I didn't know that was in the original script, but here it's just he's the stereotypical evil guy who wants to take over the world. Yeah. And, I, I mean, he basically is in the script, but it's just it's more centered on uh, just getting back at the North. Which... You can understand that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a reasonable enough... I mean, that's, you know, fucking John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> right, that's a, right. That's a reasonable enough uh, motivation for a villain. doesn't make him the most nuanced, but who the fuck cares? It's a, it's a black and white western, you know, the hero white hats and the black hats. Right. <laughs> you don't have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. N- another nitpick. Oh, yeah, they're not there. <laughs> Where'd they go? Yeah. Oh, Michael Fassbender, with your tattoos. His villain is not from the comics or anything. There's plenty of, like, bad guys they could have adapted, but they didn't. And, I mean, who the fuck cares, really? <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just the dragon. The You know, like, there's the big bad, and then there's, like, the big bad's muscle. And yeah. TV tropes, that's referred to as the dragon. The dragon. So that's what he is. He's just uh, John Malkovich's dragon. Suicide bombers. Look at how timely this is. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines. I think and that's the director, the guy that just jumped. Oh, it's really? Jimmy Hayward, huh. director of Horton Here's a Who. <laughs> well, that's I, when I asked you who directed it. I thought maybe he did the animation because so much of his career is uh, animation. Oh yeah, it could be. I don't. I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> In the grand scheme, or even the small scheme, it doesn't matter. Oh, all those people are dead. Yeah. Holy shit. It's a good train explosion. I mean, the way that it, like, rocks throughout the train is stupid. <laughs> because that would imply that the entire train was rigged to blow. Um, but the initial explosion, when you see, like, the like the shit blow off of it, that looks cool. That's well done. Oh, yeah, I forgot uh, Aiden Quinn is in this, too. There he is. Oh, I haven't seen Aiden Quinn in anything forever. I wonder what happened to him. Um, he died. Really? Yeah, he molested all those kids and then he died. Now you're just making stuff <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> Aiden Quinn, I'm calling you out. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird way to take that joke. <laughs> 
you know, I thought Alan Delon was dead and he's alive and well, so. Terrorista. Ripped from the headlines. <laughs> There's a lot of exposition here, too. Yeah. Oh, so that guy sitting in front of the camera, he actually has a name in the script. Because uh, he's described exactly how he looks in the movie. I don't think he has any lines in either. But the way the way he's described in the script fits this perfectly. His name's Tar Jimmy. Tar Jimmy. Yeah. All right. Yes, sir. I, like, I just love that. Will Arnett is in this like he's a normal human being. Yeah, yeah. And he's trying. Like, yeah, like they're, they're not drawing any attention to the fact that that's Will Arnett. That's not a, that's not a normal person. That's Will Arnett. <laughs> Hex is a lawless bounty hunter. <laughs> I'm a hero once. I'm just never going to not hear him as Joe Bluth from Arrested Development. <laughs> you put it that way. <laughs> There's a line where he says the word magic early or later in the movie. I'll bring it up when it gets to it. And I just, I can't hear that and not hear. I like the way that. Oh, That's a nice touch. Yeah. But I can't hear that and, and not hear Joe Bluth talking about magic from Arrested Development. <laughs> so this, in the script, I think it comes up a couple times here, the joke about how to get a scar. Mm-hmm. In the script, it comes up a bunch. And that's a joke from Two Gun Mojo. Oh, yeah? Where every time you meet somebody, they ask them about the, stop, the scar, and he gives them a different answer. It's not as funny when he murders the guy first, but... <laughs> Indeed. Cut myself shaving. It's one of the things, that's one of the things he says in the comic. He says, cut myself shaving, and I don't know, there's a few. I actually made a list last time I read it. Because <laughs> we're going to be reading the book next week. We are. Stay tuned for that. So, I assume that the, uh, the gallows humor was more pronounced in the original script? Oh, yeah. It's like exclusively gallows humor. I don't know if you know anything about Neville Dean and Taylor. Uh, they directed the movies Crank and Crank 2. Oh, okay. And, uh, oh, the second Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Oh. All of which have, like, a distinct, like, sense of dark humor and just really kinetic action, and which would have been great for, for this. <laughs> but Jimmy Hayward does not have their talent <laughs> at uh, setting and... And even characterization, because these characters are just terrible. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh the boy. one thing I'll give him credit for is that this character, uh, Megan Fox's character in the, in the script, she dies, like, I don't know, quarter of the way through. She's just not, not much of anything. But a rewrite would have fixed that pretty easily. But uh, I would have preferred if they actually stuck with her character from the comic. Me too. Tallulah Black. Because yeah. like they call her Lila through most of the movie. And then at the end, she's like, my real name is Tallulah. And my mom was Mrs. Black or something. So you can figure out that that's supposed to be Tallulah Black. Uh, but in the original script, I don't think... I think it was just a new character. Hmm. But I, I would have loved if they would have actually used the scarred-up bounty hunter Tallulah Black. That would have been cool. Because in the comics, Tallulah has gray hair, uh, and an eye patch, and scars all over her face. And... She was introduced um, by, uh, she asked for Jonah's help to, I think, kill the guys that did that to her. Mm-hmm. And then after that, oh, look at how fucking airbrushed that is. Do you see that? Her face, looks like she's glowing. 
No. I never noticed that before. <laughs> so look at that. Oh my god. It's like totally digitally altered. She must have had acne or something. How can you airbrush Megan Fox? Like, if that's the case, then us mere <laughs> mortals don't stand a chance. Just, that looks horrible. It, it looks like an Instagram filter. Her yeah. face looks like it's an Instagram selfie. It looks like uh, Patrick Stewart in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine when oh, his God. face is all CGI'd. Yeah. But yeah, she's got some acne on her cheek. Maybe that's why they did that. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> where's it going? Oh, yeah, Tallulah Black. <laughs> and then she becomes a bounty hunter, and she's basically Jonah Hex's equal. Uh, and she's a really cool character in the comic. They uh, they had some like romantic affairs throughout the series, but overall, she was like her own person and her own. She was a skilled bounty hunter, like just as skilled as him. And it would have been cool to have his foil be literally somebody that's like him. It would have, and the that's one thing I remember disliking about this movie was, like you said at the end, when she was like, "My real name is Tallulah." I was like, "Oh, fuck you." <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like you said, in the original script, it sounds like they just killed her off. But she, she really has no point in this movie either. Yeah. Like, she just doesn't. She's just there to serve as a, a you know, kidnap piece when, um, you know, Jonah Hex needs to come and rescue the girl. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. What's worse? Like, a damsel in distress or a woman in a refrigerator? <laughs> right. Because they're both cut from the same cloth, really. Mm-hmm. It's just the the female character that's only there to inform the story of the male character instead of having her own story, and they like they set it up like you know she's the prostitute with the heart of gold who's saving money to make her own way in the world, but she still can't do any of that without Jonah, right? And even even when she like kills the the abusive John or whatever that guy is, it's just a weird plot point that this movie doesn't need. It's. Well, and I guess you could write it off like we were talking about the other week with Constantine. Um, you could say that this movie was made at the time when there weren't as many streaming platforms available and different avenues to tell all of these comic book yeah. stories. Oh, look at that! She's like a ghost! Good God! <laughs> That's horrible! Like, seriously! <laughs> wow! High Def does not do any favors to this movie. <laughs> And again, it's like, it's Megan Fox. You can't tell me that no one in the Hollywood makeup industry doesn't have, like, some good Bill Nye concealer. That they, if she has, like, a tiny zit, they can just... I don't know. Maybe they tried that and it was too much. Right, who knows? There's probably a million reasons why that got to that point, but I am not here to speculate. <laughs> it's no, I'm not here to speculate about her acne. I'm here to speculate about everything else about this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just so... But no, that ties in again to, like, maybe if... Jonah Hex were made into a miniseries or um, uh, a movie on Amazon or whatever, yeah. HBO, then you could have Tallulah uh, Black be a character with a scarred face and a missing eye. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, so one of the I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking ghost face. <laughs> Every time I see him in that scar, too, I think about... Uh, so that's just a big piece of prosthetic they put over his face, obviously. And he's got like a little hook to keep his cheek back. And to do that, he had to shave that side of his face every day. But he had to leave the other side like ragged because he's got, you know, stubble. Uh-huh. Thanks so much for joining us, Mr. Hex. <laughs> the boy told me, or I'm sorry, <laughs> President seems to think you're special. Magic even. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that like magic even. I can't hear that and just not think of like Joe Bluth. Like, <laughs> but where did the lighter fluid come from, Michael? <laughs> oh, maybe this is Joe Bluth's like great great. Yeah. <laughs> it all ties together. Oh yeah, that's another thing. So this dude here, like fucking with the electricity wires, mm-hmm. and then he falls over dead. That was a reoccurring <laughs> that was a reoccurring gag in the original script where this guy Grass has his own like hillbilly Q branch <laughs> they're just they're all these like like <laughs> fucking cowboys wearing white lab coats and their hats and they're all, like testing out just crazy dangerous weapons and they're, they're constantly dying in the background <laughs> and then they come in at the end with the, with the turn with Turnbull like it's a big battle between Grass's hillbilly Q branch and Turnbull's terrorists <laughs> <laughs> hillbilly Q branch I like that that might have been interesting yeah. I just love the idea of dudes in cowboy hats and white lab coats. <laughs> <laughs> in the name of science. Oh. So here we go. Speaking oh, yeah. of magic. You're talking to the dead. He fucking needs dirt to put on them to keep them fresh. <laughs> and his his reasoning for that is dead like dirt, dirt like dead. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> so compost, basically. God, it's so fucking dumb. And uh, it's just like, like we, you know, we talked uh, last time we recorded one of these about Constantine and just the weird, unexplained world building that doesn't make any sense in that. But fuck, this takes that to new levels. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's puzzling. I guess they thought they needed to put in a supernatural <laughs> aspect because, one, it's a comic book. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Um, and maybe because they're afraid without it that it would just be like a really weak sauce version of Pale Rider. <laughs> but again, I mean, supernatural shit is in the comic. Like the every Vertigo volume of Jonah Hex has some sort of weird West aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that, and it works well for somebody like Jonah Hex. They just did it so poorly and so wrong. <laughs> and again, like. Jonah is not supposed to be the source of the supernatural shit. He's just supposed to be experiencing it. And that that leads into... Exactly. It's like... I have some dirt for oh. you. Rub it in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so much better. Thanks. Not better. <laughs> I know what it looks like when that guy comes now. Thanks. Oh, Thanks, oh. movie. <laughs> we needed that in the pantheon of cinematic. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah Hex... Extra number five, or whatever that guy's name is, I now know what he looks like mid-orgasm. So, <laughs> You know, again, like, you can't blame actors because, as you said before, they have the least amount of control over a movie. And, and your goal, at the end of the day, trying to be an actor is to get paid. But you have to wonder sometimes, like, when they're doing scenes like that, where they're just like, I don't know, maybe I should have taken that... You know, Chevy commercial. I, I don't know. <laughs> that off-off Broadway play. Although, I don't know. If someone was paying me millions of dollars, I would rub dirt on... Yeah, shit. I'm, 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 sure, that, I'm sure this is a highlight of that guy's career. <laughs> right? Josh Brolin. Dump yeah. some dirt on my head. Yeah, I get, I get to spend a few days hanging out with Josh Brolin and uh, probably had good catering. <laughs> True. And he got, got to be in a movie. Fuck, I'd do that. <laughs> I'd love to be in a bad movie. <laughs> At the end of the day, yes. And I'm not too proud. <clears throat> um, do you know who 
really wanted the role of Jonah Hex? Who? Tom Jane. Oh! So he was really interested in it, and he even did some makeup tests by himself. Really? Where he uh, did, like, headshots of himself as Jonah Hex, and, I don't know, sent them to producers or whatever. Uh, and so he, he really wanted the role. I think he would have been great in it. But after uh, the movie came out, he said he dodged a bullet. <laughs> he did. Oh wow, he looks he looks fantastic. Whatever. Um, yeah, I think he would have been good, but fucking Christ, really. Four oh four doesn't work. Just trying to find this stupid picture to get a good one, but anyway, regardless, uh, I think he would have been good at the role. But I, I think Brolin's fine too. But after this movie, uh, DC did a short film called DC Showcase Jonah Hex that starred Tom Jane as, the, as Jonah Hex. So oh. <laughs> he voiced him. So he didn't get to play him in a live action, but he got to play the character in a far superior take on the role. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should watch that one later. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's just, it's like 10 minutes long. Stars Tom Jane, Michael Rooker, and Linda Hamilton. Again, it sounds like a good cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here's where they find the Dragon Ball. Why is it so dark? Because it's supposed to be dark, so when they open it, the glowing ball lights up the room. Oh, of course. It's called filmmaking, if you know anything about it. <laughs> Atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's like, it's like the Pulp Fiction suitcase. Oh, pretty orange balls. Ooh. <laughs> Don't I'm sure that's not the first time uh, he said that. <laughs> pretty orange balls to... Well, Michael Fassbender there. <laughs> All you know is you're climbing your way up the Hollywood ladder. <laughs> At this point, he'd already been in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, really? Yeah, and I remember seeing this with my old roommate Bear in the theater, and uh, we were—I think we were the only ones in there. <laughs> it was like opening weekend; we were the only ones there. <laughs> oh dear! And I remember watching it, and like uh, when he was on it, I was like, "Dude." Hey, that guy's in Glorious Bastards. He was like, "Oh yeah." I was like, "Yeah, he was the the British guy." He was like, "Oh okay," and I was like, "Yeah, I think he's gonna be Magneto too." Like, yeah, mark my words, he's gonna be big. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Doc Cross. Uh, Michael Shannon is in this movie. Did you know that? <laughs> I was trying to think who else is in this. Michael Shannon. That's right. He has. Maybe 10 seconds of screen time. <laughs> One line. Uh, right here. There he is. All right. I've been waiting for you, degenerate bastards. <laughs> he looks, his character looks great. Yeah. So that's a character from the comic. The Barbarian? No. Uh, Michael Shannon. Oh. <laughs> his name is Doc Cross Williams. And they put him in here to set him up as a villain for the sequel. Oh. Because um, Which... he has another scene where that was cut out of the movie where he shares a stagecoach with Lila and talks about like, yeah, I got this magical tonic, make people do what I want. And mm. yeah, apparently because it's in the comics, which you'll, you'll find out soon enough. He has, uh, he like makes zombies, uh. pickles them. <laughs> <laughs> pickles and that's what these are supposed to be is like zombie fighters, I guess, or something, but I don't know. Now it's a snake man and a giant. I, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so we can get oh. these parkour like stunts. Yeah, a little gremlin there hopping around like one of the dudes in the rundown. (laughs) (coughs) 
Should I just rewatch that movie? It's a fun flick. I haven't seen it in a long time. With uh, <laughs> here's an axe. Do something with the axe. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you're gonna need it. <laughs> um, yeah, the rundown's a lot of fun. Um, the Rock and John. Um, yeah, but uh, I was gonna say Christopher Walken though. He's just having the time of his life. <laughs> I should watch that again. I remember it being funny. There's a line in that where he, like, The Rock makes a deal with Christopher Walken to get Sean William Scott. And then uh, Walken double-crosses him. And The Rock goes, we had a deal. And Christopher Walken goes, luckily, my fingers will cross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christopher Walken. (laughs) National treasure, that man. And then at the end, there's that scene where he's talking about... We're just talking about a better movie. We are. Yeah, sorry, there's, a scene, there's a scene where he's talking about... Uh, uh, oh, he talks about how, how it's like somebody stealing the, the tooth fairy money from under his pillow. And he like looks at all the locals and goes, Do you understand the concept of the tooth fairy? <laughs> and they just stare at him. And then his, his like interpreter starts to explain. And he goes... Look, she takes the tooth, she leaves your goddamn quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this sounds like we should be watching a better movie. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, there was no Vertigo adaptation of The Rundown. <laughs> alas, alack. We get a uh, uh, snake dude here instead. Yeah. Oh, the dog. Remember when Jonah befriends the dog? Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the original script, the dog is in there, and the dog follows him for a while. And then uh, he, like, gives it to some kid, and then Turnbull shoots it. <laughs> okay. And, but it's like, there's, like, some weird comedy about it. Again, like, the, scri- the original script is just really mean-spirited. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's just, the way it's cut here, too, it's like one minute we're doing these fast edits in the, the pit fight, yeah. and then the next he's saving a dog. Which I guess is supposed to signify that, hey, animals like him. I yeah. don't know. Now they're best friends. Right. <laughs> Story of a boy wow, and his dog. That is really fucking dark. Right. And then now, now there's no beautiful golden balls to light up the screen. <laughs> exactly. Gorgeous, heavenly orange balls <laughs> glistening. <laughs> Feeling like. Uh, <laughs> causing Michael Fassbender's eyes to widen in wonderment. <laughs> They had to give them a moment alone together. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what's up with all the darkness here. It's also they. This movie. Did he already talk to his little armorer, played by Lance Reddick? Lance Reddick is in this movie. <laughs> I did not see Lance Reddick. No, yet. he hasn't been in it yet. They like this movie goes through such pains to be like, like, hey, Jonah, Jonah Hex wasn't racist. Like, no, no racism here. Yeah, he was a Confederate soldier, fought for slavery. But uh, no, you know, he wasn't racist. He was just doing it because he had to. Which is like, fucking stupid. Just own it, man. <laughs> just make, right. make, make him a flawed person. Like, he was a... He's heroic now, but he did some terrible things in the past, and he's trying to atone for it. It's way more interesting than like, no, he's just a genuinely good person. <laughs> <laughs> he's a nice guy! Hey, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in this. <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yeah. He plays Turnbull's son. Um, he, uh, Jeb Turnbull, is that a character's name? Yeah. Anyway, he's, uh, he's been in a ton of comic book movies. He was he, in? He's in this, he's in The Losers, he's in Watchmen, uh, he was in, uh, Batman vs. Superman. That's right. He 
was Negan on The Walking Dead. Okay, yeah. Around the time this movie came out, he said he really wanted to play Lobo. Oh, he would have been a great Lobo. Yeah. Is he credited in this movie? Excuse me. I don't think so. I think it was just a joke. At the time, he said he wanted to be known as like a a uh, comic book actor. Like, you know, there's like Shakespearean actors and method actors. He wanted to be a comic book actor. So he just jumped into this movie for fun. Good for him. He is one of the best things about the, like, the the shark jumping series that is Supernatural. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was in that at the beginning, wasn't he? He was, yeah. I haven't seen any of Supernatural. It's good for, like, the first maybe five to six seasons, and then, like, every other show, it overstays its welcome. Yeah. And that's fine. I, I, I would be willing to give a pass for a show like that, overstaying its welcome, as opposed to, like, The Walking Dead, where... Every episode is game changing, and like I fucking I'm exhausted. Like I don't I don't want this anymore. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, you know, I prepared to receive some hate emails on this one, but I never liked The Walking Dead. Yeah, I liked it for I loved the first season, like six episodes, character development. Who you know, anyone could die at any moment. I really loved that. And then by about midway through the second season, I was like, all right, guys, come on. <laughs> Let's get it together. And then every season after that, Peaks and Valleys, I've always just been like, come on, come on. And then by like season six or I don't know, whenever they introduced him, I was fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> I actually came back to I came back to the show just to watch the parts that he was in because yeah. I like him and I find him to be very charismatic. Um, but yeah, other than that, it it. It's a show that just, it's really not as good as people say it is. The fake out with Glenn that season, when Glenn dies, he gets like disemboweled by zombies. And like, oh, whoa, fuck, they killed like a major character. And then in like two episodes, he's back because he didn't actually die. It was the guy on top of him. (laughs) It's like I fell on top of him and got torn apart. Like, fuck you. And then they bring him back. And then five episodes later, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan caves his head in. Like, hey, I'm supposed to feel something when he dies, but because of that fake out, I don't feel anything. Exactly. Like, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, there's so much about that show that, yeah, horrible things happen to the characters and you don't care. Yeah. You're just like... Whoa. And again, in the first season, like, I was really invested with all these characters. And then by, I don't know, by probably around season three, I suddenly realized, like, I don't care if anyone dies now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm immune. Yeah. So now he's putting his buddy back in the box. Hey, just so you know, I wasn't racist. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's got to be heroic. That's the opening line of every racist, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm not a racist person, but... (laughs) But But in this movie, they try to subvert that by having the black guy tell Jonah that he's not racist. Oh, there He's you like, go. now, Jonah, I know you ain't racist. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck you. Like, God damn stop. it. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that just stings. It does. It does. And I understand that you're against representation. So, you, <laughs> so. <laughs> my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> oh, and here we're back to Adobe InDesign. Yeah, Jesus, every scene with her. I don't recall noticing that. I probably just wasn't paying attention the last few times I've watched this. I don't remember seeing it the first time I watched this either. Well, again, this is this is a Blu-ray, so it's going to be higher def than than movie theater or like a DVD or whatever. So maybe maybe that's the difference, but I don't know. I've also watched this Blu-ray before. I guess I probably just didn't 
didn't pay attention that much. Because why would you pay attention to this? <laughs> good, good point. Good point. Yes, a Derringer, idiot. <laughs> Single shot pistol. No, we we figured it out. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. <laughs> well, and see, it's like you see these type of scenes interspersed in so many movies where it's like the only reason that scene exists is to show you that she's a you know strong, Tough, independent yeah. woman. <laughs> I remember. Uh, oh, there's there's Lance Reddick. <gasps> Lance. Tells him how what a what a good person he is. Right, he actually says something like about like you know I know you ain't racist. <laughs> what a waste of Lance Reddick. I'm yeah. sorry. Anyway, you were saying. Um, I don't know what was I saying. <laughs> I got sidetracked by Lance Reddick. <laughs> He's been in a couple comic book movies too. Oh yeah, no, uh, Megan Fox. Going back to that, like just showing that she's tough. Uh, what's her name? Tessa Thompson said that uh wait hold on i i i'm gonna gonna be hung up on this line if i, if I talk through <laughs> okay. you and i both know the only reason you fought for the south is you ain't like being told what to do by the government Ooh. you ain't never believed in secessionism you ain't never believed in slavery neither <laughs> i want to hate the unions oh god that's so shitty <laughs> so many reasons well, this line, like, you know, they're just hypocrites on both sides. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, you're talking about humanity in general, absolutely. But to say that, like, well, you know, the North was just as bad in the South. <laughs> yeah. <and you're... laughs> yeah, exactly. And just that, that force a black actor to say that, you know? Right. <laughs> like, that's just like a slap in the face. No, just t- tell him that it's cool that he was fought for the, for the side of slavery. Alleviate my white guilt. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, and and that would have been so much more interesting to force the character to grapple with the reality of racism and that he fought for slavery. Doesn't at the end of the day, it doesn't matter why you're on the Confederacy side. You're still holding a gun to defend the rights to keep somebody in shackles. You know. Right. <laughs> well, and. To deviate here a little bit and go back to a better westerns starring Clint Eastwood, like the entire opening of the outlaw Josie Wales is his family is killed by this outlaw band of soldiers. He joins the Confederacy to try and find and kill them. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, but you don't need any explanation. Yeah. You know why he's with the Confederacy yeah. and you, know, you don't have to have this great long spiel about Josie Wales, even though you kill men in cold blood, you're still a good person. <laughs> also, we're at the 40-minute mark, and we're a little over halfway into this movie, just so you know. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, so I was going back to the point yes, <laughs> about, yes, uh, what's her name? Tessa the, Thompson. Yeah, but uh, Megan Fox being all tough. So Tessa Thompson one time said that she knows a role is not right for her. When she reads about a tough, strong female character being, quote, a badass. And if it says, and she's a badass, then she'd be like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> and she said that's what, that was one of her favorite things about Thor Ragnarok, is the way Valkyrie was described never used the term badass. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they let her have layers. She's, she's strong and her own person, and she's also a drunkard, right. and she's haunted by her past, <laughs> and she's funny, and she's capable, and she's multiple things uh, w- without just dropping into that catch-all of just being a badass. 
And I feel like probably every word of the script for the character of Lila in this would be like she badassly walks across the badass room to her badass gun. (laughs) Yeah, while cinching her badass corset. In her badass boudoir. Her face glows with badassery. (laughs) That's what it is. And then parentheses like touch up afterwards. But you're right, that's what it is. It is the it is the effulgence of badassery just oozing out of her beautiful pores. <laughs> she lays in bed with Jonah badassedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, so okay. On speaking of, of badassery, um this this plot discovery, is that the point where we're at where he learns Turnbull's evil plot. And he's got the dragon balls. He's got the dragon balls. Well, look at his fake nose. That is a fake nose, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I haven't noticed that before, but like where the bridge of his nose meets his cheek, it's like really plastic. <laughs> it is. Oh, God. It, it doesn't move when he when he like uh, moves his, his upper lip or whatever. That's funny. Oh, yeah, and his dynamite guns. Fuck, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Are those dynamite crossbows? Yeah. Lance Reddick gave them to him. Seems a little bit like that would be like a, a touchy implement. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you were to jostle them too hard. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and that's, and again, this is a, a small thing, but it always bugs me in action movies where they get these um, these weapons that are supposed mm-hmm. to be amazingly cool and amazingly unique, and then they fucking drop them yeah. and just walk away. Nice grin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and in terms of badassery, I was going to talk about how John Malkovich, who has played a lot of badass villains in the past, um, I love him in Dangerous Liaisons, and I would say that he's a villain in that. And, uh, of course, what, uh, Cyrus the Virus. Yeah. The guy can play a really just fun... Showing a bloody hex. <laughs> <laughs> I know that have cooked pie hole anywhere. <laughs> My Irish isn't as good as yours. But uh, yeah, his he's his Quentin Turnbull in this, and I don't think it's his fault. Is just so incredibly bland. There's like nothing memorable about yeah. the guy. He's got an eagle topped cane. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, Michael Fassbender is probably the more memorable role in this, yeah. just because. But look at the guy. <laughs> Get him, Tar Jimmy. <laughs> I think Tar Jimmy's gonna make it out of this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna go home tonight. Jason Momoa. Kind of does. It's like a little Jason Momoa. It's like that commercial of Jason Momoa where he takes off his muscles. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> that was well done. Okay, so who was that that just got shot? I don't know. Wait, him? That's Jonah Hex. Okay. Oh, the so star of the film. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, oh, everything... Talk about balls again. <laughs> Look at your beautiful balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, stop it, Mr. Fassbender, you're obsessed. Uh, that's, yeah, everything is so damn dark in this movie. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the, I've seen darker, I guess, but the night scenes are just really poorly lit. Yeah. And I, I guess I understand the compulsion because they probably, I don't know. At least, at least there, he's, uh, what's, uh, fucking Fassbender's lit well enough. He is, he is. But the scene where 
Jonah Hex got shot, I was like, was that yeah. Jonah Hex or someone else? I've also seen way worse. Oh, sure. Have you ever seen uh, Alien vs. Predator Requiem? <laughs> the second one? Yeah. I actually don't hate that movie. I think the the Predator's pretty cool in it, and uh, I, I like I like any scene focused on the Predator, his like methodical ways hunting the aliens. Mm-hmm. That was really cool, and I think it's better than the first AVP, but it's lit like shit. It is. Like, you can't see a fucking thing. I watched it about a year ago, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, I have a high-def TV, and I can, I can see anything on this TV. <laughs> Why can't I see this movie? <laughs> and... I, like I'm sorry, that's the reason I don't like that movie is because the whole reason you watch it is to see the alien and the predator fight, yeah. and you can't see the fights. Yeah, that's true. My own, my own, like the only thing I'll give it credit for. Oh, there's Tar Jimmy. Oh, Tar Jimmy. <laughs> I didn't even see him get shot. I'm sorry. Uh, he didn't. Jonah like knocked him on the head with a cannonball or something. He dropped it on his head. Ouch. <clears throat> but anyway, I uh, I give that movie credit for just being gory. Like it's there's blood <laughs> in it. The first AVP was so bloodless and clean that I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. And the cast in the second one is pretty good. Yeah, they're fine. I don't really care about the humans in that movie. <laughs> they're just <laughs> cannon fodder to me. They are, just, but for... <laughs> give me the alien. Again, the, the fact that so much of it is focused on that one predator, like, hunting the alien, I would have been fine to cut out all the humans. <laughs> <laughs> just make it all about the predator. Only introduce them as they're being killed. <laughs> <laughs> Victim number one. So, in the original script right here, he rides, uh, so he's wounded, and he, like, finds this kid, and they ride together through, like, a ghost battlefield, and it's just these uh, Confederate and Union soldier, like, ghosts forced to enact the same battle for eternity. Huh. It's really cool. Like, a, a really interesting concept, and then I think the kid dies? Or am I thinking of a comic? I don't know. Regardless, it's a really cool idea of the, like these these uh, soldiers stuck in this hell of constant conflict. That is interesting. And there's the original ending. There you go. <laughs> oh, some more explanations about what happens when you're about to die. Play out your unfinished business. Yeah, this is weird. Like the conclusion happens at two times in the movie. Wow, like when he's fighting Turnbull, like is it right? like something the dirt. <laughs> Again, this is all that's all explained in the script. This all makes perfect sense in the script. <laughs> but oh, <laughs> yeah. So they have this fight in like the spirit realm here. In the script, he confronts him, and then he says, "Like Hex says, not here. We're gonna finish this where it all started." So they go back to the spot. This is the spot where. Jo- uh, Jonah got Hex's son killed. Oh. Okay. And then they just have a knockdown, drag out fight in this location. Mm-hmm. And yet, in this version, it's like the spirit world they're in or something. Huh. Like, what is happening right now? What are we watching? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then he's back to the real world. And that, that red dirt dream sequence comes back again at the end of the movie. When he's actually fighting Turnbull, it keeps cutting back and forth. Hey, absent. <laughs> it keeps cutting back and forth to uh, Turnbull fighting him in that red dirt place and then in the real world. Huh. Because. But in the script, so um, he accuses Jonah of killing his son because Jonah sold him out to Union soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they show that flashback. 
in the script, Jonah doesn't. What happens is uh, the soldiers capture Jonah and say, like, tell us where your brothers are. And he's like, never, I'm fucking honorable. I hate slavery, though. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm honorable. (laughs) And And they're like... They're like, just tell us. He's like, never. And then one of the soldiers looks down at his boots and he's like, you've got red dirt on your boots. There's only one valley in this area that has red dirt. So they figure out where his friends are by seeing his boots. That's and then that's, yeah. And then that's why it comes back when they have a big fight there in the red dirt, which would have been way more clever than the way this movie does it. Yes, it would have. It would have because, you know, that that's from the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of the retellings, except the, uh, like the evil captain, it's not Turnbull, but... Um, the captain looks at Jonah's horse's shoes ah, and yeah. was like, oh, you know, this, this is where his team are. A team, team are. <laughs> team is, excuse me. Ah, probably both work. <laughs> <laughs> Either or. So it sounds like the original script was much more, was, well, was just more compelling and more faithful to yeah. the source material. Yeah, and none of this magical dragon ball. Look at that beautiful <laughs> orange ball. <laughs> Flying at those people. <laughs> and the realistic explosive yeah. effects. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a gorgeous, glittery orange ball slapping into that town. <laughs> <laughs> Just racing right along the thoroughfare. Oh, dear. Six long years I spent in Dublin. Six long years and nothing at all. Six long years I spent in Dublin. At least he's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think, anyway. That's an actual song. So oh, it's like a real Irish chicken. I love the way he opens the door. Hello! <laughs> Here's Johnny. Yes. Oh, wrong movie. <laughs> it's so funny. And again, this is not a big thing, but it's just so funny to me how, like, they photoshopped her face Yet, you know, that's that's a real corset. Like, yeah. they managed to squeeze her in because her waist is only, like, I think 20 inches yeah. wide when, after they squeezed her into it. It's just so silly. <laughs> yeah, so in the original script, he kills her here. Oh, this is where she dies. Yeah. The death of this very important, badass character. <laughs> <laughs> just oozes badassery. <laughs> And that's funny, because I remember thinking, like, well, at least the movie lets her live. And then the more I think about it, like, I don't know, is that better? Is it, is it better to have her just be the generic damsel than the dead body? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's all, like I said earlier, it's kind of cut from the same cloth. It is. Either. Oh, his buddy finds him. <laughs> Puppy. No. Saved by the power of love. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, either way, like, her character is non-existent. Yeah, and either way, she's disposable. Yeah. Which, yeah, I just, I don't know. They could have could have fixed that with a fairly easy rewrite, I think. Yeah. I still think it would have been better if she was just a sidekick. Like, if she was the... Where did that come from? <laughs> what the fuck? Did that doctor open a portal to Native American lands? Like, that doesn't... Ah, Christ. <clears throat> like you do. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> magic Jonah and his magic dog. Mm-hmm. And... To uh, touch upon what we mentioned in our earlier podcast about why the last man, it's like literally every casting call for Native Americans, and I'm not speaking for anyone here, but like every casting call for Native Americans is like, you know, you can be the, 
shamanic. Yeah. <laughs> the medicine man or the chief. Exactly. Or you can be the beautiful, noble Indian wife. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I can't remember if his wife was native in the comic or not. Because I know he spent some time living with a native tribe in the comic. They, like, healed him after, or no. They, they're the ones that put the tomahawk against his face. Yes. Because he had, like, a like a rivalry with the chief or the chief's son or whatever. Yeah. Because of his wife, I think. Um, I don't think he had a kid, though. I don't think so, either. Like, I remember he, Tallulah got pregnant with his kid, but she never had it. Like, mm-hmm. the baby, you know, the baby died in childbirth or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but, no, there's, there's, uh... When his originally, when his dad sells him to the Apache, yeah. and he's a slave in the Apache tribe, and until he, I think he like, he saves the chief from a puma, mm. and becomes part of the tribe. But the chief's son is really jealous, and you know betrays him in this pony raid on another village. Da 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 da. And um, the chief's son is wow, that is some <laughs> that burp. <laughs> <laughs> right. Too many pickled eggs. <laughs> And he pukes up a raven. Yeah, what did you eat? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Dodge. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was like, damn. Um, but no, long story short, yeah, um, I think I, there is a character in the comic books called White Fawn who he is in love with, but I don't know if they ever end up together. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's... Uh, Sorry, now, now I see his his Josh Brolin's twisted face, like after having a bad bout of indigestion. <laughs> oh, I didn't think that sausage was expired. <laughs> Too much Quiznos. We love that sauce. Um, I, I I play a lot of Red Dead Redemption, like Red Dead Redemption Two, and the online version you can create your own character so i made my own uh uh, bounty hunter uh tallulah black oh nice unfortunately at the point i am in the game i can't give her an eye patch yet (laughs) but she's all scarred up and she looks pretty similar to tallulah from the comic See, if you can make it on Red Dead Redemption, they should be able yeah, to make exactly. it a movie. <laughs> I remember, because I was going to make Jonah Hex, and I was, like, working on getting the scar on his face, because you can add scars to the characters. And I couldn't get it quite right. And I was like, well, it looks close enough. And as I was, like, finishing, I was like, wait, fuck this. I want to do Tallulah instead. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. Good choice. You probably gave her more dimension than she gets in this movie. Yeah. It was a very layered character in my game. <laughs> <laughs> she had real motivations. Yeah. And that was the accumulation of money. <laughs> hey. Which is motivation enough if she's a fucking bounty hunter. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> goes with the trade. Oh. Sorry, dog. <laughs> he just pulled out his gun and shot it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of it. No, you, you can't do that in the movies. You can't do that. You can kill children and you can rape women, but if you shoot a dog, then fuck you. <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen Seven Psychopaths? Yes. When uh, Sam Rockwell is going through the story, like a big conclusion. It's like, and then, and then the girl shows up, and then she's blown away. Because it's fine to kill women. You can't shoot the dog, though. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. There he is again with the, 
with the one-liners after he kills him. Yeah, but he goes, I'm all out of wise-ass answers. He's only done once so far. <laughs> one so far. <laughs> right? Yeah, just play with that flamethrower. <laughs> that looked like a hillbilly Q guy. It kind of did. He didn't have the white lab coat, but... Long duster, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, what was I saying? I don't know. Whatever. Um, it's all bullshit. <laughs> we gotta watch a good movie next time, man. I'm... <laughs> Fucking worn down from these shitty ones. <laughs> what should we watch? I don't know. Oh, no, I know. Um, I talked about Vertigo adjacent movies. Yes. So since we're going into October, um, I want to do... So next time next time we meet, we're reading Jonah Hex, uh, Two Gun Mojo. After that, I want to watch Lost Boys. Oh. And then read the Tim Seeley Vertigo comic Lost Boys sequel. I don't think I've seen that movie. Lost Boys? Like The Lost Boys? Yeah. Like Vampires? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I was being pedantic there. I was like, you didn't say The Lost oh, Boys. Oh, fuck your The. <laughs> <laughs> look it up. <laughs> look it up in an encyclopedia or IMDb or at a movie store. It's going to be cataloged by Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. <laughs> As you say, sir. <laughs> no, that'd be fun. Because yeah. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, and I just ordered the comic uh, the other day. Because I've been wanting to read that for a while. It's got really cool covers by Tony Harris, who's one of my favorite artists. What else did Tony do? Starman. Okay. And Ex Machina. Oh, okay. But uh, Tim Seeley, I actually have, weird, weirdly coincidental, I actually have some original Tim Seeley art on my wall. Which um, one? John Constantine. Oh. Got a piece of John Constantine flipping me off, saying "Happy Birthday, Colby." Yes, <laughs> that was a birthday present for me from my friend Bear, who is friends with Tim Seeley. Awesome. They uh, met working on a He-Man book. Oh, Bear! I haven't <clears throat> read Bear's He-Man book yet. Yeah. You've told me about it, but I haven't got around to reading it. Um, Tim Seeley wrote a He-Man comic for a while, so Bear interviewed him for his book, and then. Uh, all that was just prelude to him getting a John Constantine picture for me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I orchestrated it all. <laughs> what a good friend. Got Baron into He-Man as a child. <laughs> you were really patient. <laughs> Whispered into Tim Seeley's ear about reading a, or writing a comic book. <laughs> so now, um, does, do you have Bear's book? Yeah. I'll have to borrow it from you sometime if you don't mind. I actually... I haven't read the like I haven't I haven't read the the actual book version. I uh, I proofread it before it was finished. <laughs> so that's You're an editor. Yeah, I I, uh, I read it then. I have a copy of it though. So and this is I mean, I'm guessing because I wanted to keep it PG thirteen because you know so many. 13... He looks fine. Just a pool of blood behind him. Right, tiny little pool of blood. I feel like his neck would be like all uh, like a slinky. <laughs> right. Like, bah, 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 bah. Right. Yeah, I feel like there'd be a portion of his scalp missing. Yeah. Um, Punched we... into dust. <laughs> I did want to say to backtrack a little bit that I appreciated the uh, the fiery bitch slap. His hand oh, catches yeah. on fire, and he's just like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and now his hand's fine. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and his face was fine. Yeah. It was just. Um, I can't remember if I talked about that. Whatever, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it again. No, I was just going to bring up the fucking uh, 
thing about when he kills the guy and says, like, I'm all smart-ass answers. Because in the original script, there's, like, a reoccurring joke where he says that, like, four or five times. Different answers. Because that's what happens in Two-Gun Mojo. Just always has something something else to come. One of them, he says here, is... Uh, one of the one of the jokes about how he got a scar cut out of the movie. Somebody asks him, "What happened to your face?" And he goes, uh, I "Farted while I was shaving." <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should have put it in the movie. And I guess that's what the most frustrating thing about these comic book adaptations are. Like, and this goes back to Constantine as well, is that. Um, when there's a, I can appreciate like a quote unquote bad movie, like a yeah. movie that you watch that is just obviously so terribly made and overacted that you're like, this is bad, but I'm enjoying the hell out of myself. Yeah. It's more, uh, as, a, as a film fan, it's more irritating for me to watch a movie like this where you're like, that could have been cool and that could have been cool and see all this wasted potential. Well, like right here, how he has him in his sights. Here in the script, he lines up the shot, they notice him. And then he goes, not here. And then he like, yells at Turnbull, like, uh, like we're going to end this where it all started or something. And then he like jumps away. And so then Turnbull follows him to the, the valley. The Red Dirt Valley. Yeah. Instead of here where they fight on that spirit plane or something. I, <laughs> God damn it. What a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a very uh, watered down version of... I can't remember the French name, but it's called Blueberry. Oh, yeah, Blueberry. Blueberry. That's what it's called, Blueberry. <laughs> I like it when you say it with a French accent. Yeah. That's actually... So, I, I own that movie. In America, it's called Renegade. That's right. But the comic Blueberry is written by uh, Jean Girard, or Mobius. I think he writes that as Jean Girard, and everything else is Mobius. But regardless, um, uh, it's, a, it's a French Western comic about this uh, Confederate soldier turned gambler turned sheriff named Mike Blueberry, and they turned it into a movie starring Vincent Cassell. But in America, it was called Renegade, because apparently Blueberry wasn't tough enough. And so I, I had a copy of the DVD, and I, when I went to France in 2008, or I can't remember when, it was a long time ago, I wanted to get a French edition. Oh, look at her face. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get a French edition of the movie so that I could have actual Blueberry, you know, on my... Uh, on my DVD shelf, which is right there. <laughs> but uh, when I went there, I I was there with a, my girlfriend at the time who spoke French, and look at the fucking the little aiming reticle is the Capitol building. God, that's dumb. <laughs> anyway, so we went to this movie store, looking around. I couldn't find it, and this uh, store uh, clerk walks by, whatever. And I asked my girlfriend to ask him, like, can you ask him if, if they have blueberry? And she goes, yeah, okay. So she walks up to the guy and in French asks him, do you have blueberry? And she says blueberry, like the French word for blueberry. And he just stares at her like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what movie that is. And she goes, um, uh, blueberry? <laughs> and he goes, oh, blueberry, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just called, it's American title or it's English title. Because that's the name. That's the name of the comic. His name is Blueberry. That doesn't translate. It's just Blueberry. It's not the French word. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> he was going to make her put that accent on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a weird comic book movie. It is. Has almost nothing to do with the comic, other than the fact that it's a western. 
Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Destroyed by the Dragon Ball. Oh, Michael. <laughs> Poor Joe. Oh. Again, special effects are so bad. They're so bad. I'm sorry. But where did the orange glowing ball come from? <laughs> there are theories. <laughs> I actually, I'm just thinking about Blueberry now. I have a few volumes of that translated in English. And then when I was in France, I also got uh, like a hardback French edition of one of the comics. Just because it had a really cool poster. Or, fuck. Really cool cover mm-hmm. of Blueberry sitting at a gambling table with his gun drawn. <laughs> oh, cool. It sounds like it would be an intriguing book. Yeah, it's a cool. It's just a straight up Western. Like it's a, you know, a bad guys and good guys in the old West. And that's about it. There's not much nuance to it. The movie Blueberry turns it into a fucking trippy uh, psychedelic, like, Yodorowsky movie <laughs> with a third act that doesn't make any fucking sense. You just kind of go along for the ride. Yeah, the third act is just bright colors and trippy fucking visuals, and I've, I assume it's a lot of fun to watch when you're high, but I have not, I've not partaken and indulged myself yet. I've not had the pleasure. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll have to do that the next time I watch Blueberry. There you go. Blueberry. <laughs> That's talking about cast though. That movie has a fucking great cast. It does. Vincent Cassell, Jeffrey Lewis, Juliette Lewis, uh, Michael Madsen. Yeah, Michael Madsen's a bad guy. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Uh, Jaimon Hansu. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Who plays her uh, dad? What? Juliette Je- Lewis's dad. Jeffrey Lewis. Oh, her her dad real. plays her dad. <laughs> I didn't know that was her real father. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then oh, who plays his uncle? It's uh. uh Chiki Cario. What is he in? He's in La Femme Nikita. Oh, okay. He's so, I always thought he was French. Because he has a French accent. You know, he's in La Femme Nikita. He's in a lot of French movies, (laughs) like Blueberry. (laughs) But he's Turkish. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I I apparently, like, grew up in France. But (laughs) I, like, I guess I didn't know what a Turkish person looked like. (laughs) (laughs) And now you do. Yeah, because I didn't realize that you could be, like, you know, just a blonde white guy. From Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. And yeah, see now they have their fight, and then fire, fire. They have their fights on the. They're just throwing them balls, <laughs> just hurling balls at the people, just ball after ball, just smacking against the landscape. <laughs> Being very indiscriminate in where they place their balls. And here comes the glorious, gorgeous golden ball. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, now we're back to the orange, red, weird world. Yeah. I wonder if you could cut the original movie out of what they have here. Like if you could edit the original script into this footage. Maybe. Like have that be the actual, I don't know. Why am I worried? <laughs> Why, am I, <laughs> Why am I trying to make this weird square peg jam into a round hole? Because I think... Like, you know, not to uh, not to project, but I think it pains you too to see something that could at least be good. It like it doesn't yeah. have to you know change the landscape of cinema, but you can see what could have been, and then it just kind of makes you wonder. It's like how does something that could have been so entertaining get here? Yeah. You know, it's like Josh Brolin said they all thought that they were making a good movie and they were all excited to do it. And then you watch it and you're just like, well, damn. What happened? <laughs> it's back and forth. 
Yeah, how many cuts do you think are I in this? Would daren't hazard a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think you like you lose count after twenty. But yeah, just the action is so like chop, chop, chop. Yeah. Old Jimmy Hayward. Apparently they locked him out of the editing room at the end. Did they? And just took the movie from I've heard rumors that Francis Lawrence re-edited it. Oh. Director of Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Get your stink off my golden balls. <laughs> Francis Lawrence. <laughs> Don't we handle another people's balls? Stop ruining things. <laughs> Without consent. It's just not nice. And so he dies via head and gear tomahawk on ball. He died the way he loved. Or lived. <laughs> <laughs> Loving golden balls. So <laughs> I was trying to say. God damn it. <laughs> well, it actually came out pretty good. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, running it's from fireworks. Ooh, ah. Uh, running from phantom explosions. Look, Daddy. Happy Fourth of July. I declare everyone here is not a racist. <laughs> We're enjoying fireworks together. <laughs> and I'm allowed to come in the same part of town as the white folks. <laughs> because we know that after the Civil War, uh, yeah. there was never a problem. Yeah, racism was gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yay, America. <laughs> Every time I see the uh, Washington Monument now, I think of Spider-Man Far From Home, or Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie? It's been a while. There's a scene actually. where they go to the Washington Monument and Zendaya, who plays MJ, uh, the, the teacher, uh, played by fucking, what's his name? I don't remember. The character's name is Harrington. But anyway, he's, she sits down in front of it with like a book, and he's like, oh, come on, MJ, you don't want to know... Uh, Look at the monument. She's like, no, nah, that's all right. I'm, I'm not really interested in uh, um, glorifying something that was built by slave labor. And he goes, oh, come on, I'm sure. And he turns around and, like, the guard standing there goes, <laughs> like, <laughs> nods at him. And he, he, he turns back and he's like, all right, well, enjoy your day. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. It's like every time I see that now, I just think of her. <laughs> God, I fucking love that movie, though. Spider-Man Far From Home is one of my favorite comic book movies. That's Not Far From Home, Homecoming. <laughs> Far, From Home, Far From Home is good too, but Homecoming is one of my fucking favorite comic book movies of all time. It's, it's a really good movie. It's easily the best Spider-Man movie for me. Although I did like Spider-Verse a lot. Spider-Verse is a Spider-Verse is great, yeah. But something about Homecoming, like, it was just... Like, it felt like a Homecoming. It felt like I'm finally seeing the real Spider-Man on screen. <laughs> Right. And that's to say nothing bad about the Tobey Maguire movies because they're fine for what they are, but they're also 20 years old mm -hmm. and they feel very dated overall. And then the Andrew Garfield just abominations. <laughs> God, those are bad movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to see, to see Spider-Man come back home with Marvel and like, knock it out of the park so perfectly just blew me away. Yeah, they, were, they were totally engaging movies and I, I like the way they did it. <clears throat> yeah. And, he, and even the sequel's great too, but... Oh, Jimmy Hayward, you poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Locked out the room. Neville Dean and Taylor, they didn't even credit uh, rewriters, huh? Or maybe William Farmer did the rewrite. Who knows? Mm. Anyway, regardless, um, why, should we watch, why are we watching this? We should be watching Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> well, I haven't seen... Um, I, I've seen Homecoming and I love it. I haven't seen Far From Home yet. Oh, yeah? It's really good. Jake Gyllenhaal fucking knocks it out of the park. 
Matt LeBlanc? Where? Ooh. It just said he was a producer. Like, Joey? <laughs> really? Is there more than one Matt LeBlanc? That literally just said Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> I, I want it to be that Matt LeBlanc, honestly. Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> I hope it is. Producer? Let's see if there's two Matt LeBlancs in the world. That would be way too weird. You will find out. Come on, IMDb. Reveal all to us. Lost in Space's own Matt LeBlanc? <laughs> <laughs> From that cinematic gem? Producer. So he produced... Jonah Hex! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, Matt. Thank you so much for bringing this to the screen. Matt LeBlanc. Oh. Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> um, the movie where you played a baseball pitcher with that monkey. <laughs> What's the movie called? Oh. Um, Matt? I can't remember. I honestly haven't seen a lot of his work outside of Friends. How dare you? <laughs> Matt LeBlanc didn't play baseball with the monkey for you to ignore his talent. Baseball. Ed. The movie's called Ed. <laughs> nope, haven't. There he is. Aww. Look at him. the fucking monkey. Aww. Aww, they're high-fiving because they're best friends because they play baseball together. <laughs> like you do. I missed out on that one. Hey, look at me and this monkey. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, they, I'm sure it paid well. That's huge. That's a huge monkey. That's supposed to be, a, that's supposed to be like a little chimp. That's got to be. Are chimps monkeys? Am I? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about primates. Because look at that. That's like tiny right there. The little high five. He looks tiny. That looks like a real chimp right there. It's not. But it's not I, right. I think they just... They just shrunk him with Photoshop. But then right there, he's huge. He's a dude squatting over. It is. With a motorized head on. I actually remember something about this movie. That's weird because it's not in the theaters. And I remember the coach right there, that old guy, flips a coin as to whether or not the monkey's going to stay on the team or something. And it lands, like, sideways. Like, you know, like, ding. And he's like, well, as soon as it flips. And it just stays like that for the rest of the movie. It's like a, like a fucking, like divine intervention or something he's not going to make the choice <laughs> oh yeah, well then uh, so one thing I was going to point out before this movie uh, mercifully ends all 76 minutes of it right now <laughs> and we're halfway into the credits uh, so there was a movie that I just discovered from 2003 called Legend of the Phantom Rider the cover of it looks like it could be a Jonah Hex comic but, like, the main character in it is this dude with a fucked-up Jonah Hex face. Like, it's a, it's a weird Western movie, like a supernatural Western movie, and one of the characters in it is Jonah Hex. Like, just <laughs> total rip-off of Jonah Hex. Looks like him. And then apparently there was a movie in the 90s starring Armand Asante. Oh, Armand Asante. Called... What the fuck is it? called Blind Justice, that's, like, partially aspired by Jonah Hex. Huh. He plays a Civil War survivor named Kanan, travels from Mexico. It's like Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> <laughs> but Blind Justice. Well, there you go. Someone to Sante. <laughs> See, when you watch movies with us, you learn all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, the jo DC Showcase Jonah Hex was the one with Tom Jane. Um, he was also in an episode of... 
Batman the Animated Series. There's a really good episode called Showdown, which is a flashback to Jonah Hex in like the 1800s. Um, he was in an episode of Justice League Unlimited. It was a really fun episode because it makes a joke about his time traveling in the comics. Mm-hmm. There's a comic in the 80s called Hex, which throws him in the far future. And in that episode of Justice League, he meets Batman and Superman and everyone. And he goes, he's talking to Batman. I think it's Batman. And he goes, yeah, if you ask me, I reckon y'all are time travelers. And Batman goes, how did you, uh, how did you get to that conclusion? And he goes, I've led an interest in life. <laughs> <laughs> that you have, sir, that you have. Well, he was also in Brave and the Bold, played by Phil Morris. He was a really good voice actor for him. Phil Morris does a shitload of voice acting. What else has he done? Um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always know him as, he was Martian Manhunter on Smallville. Oh. And he was Jackie Childs on Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, and he's Cyborg's dad on Doom Patrol. forgot about that. A lot of comic book roles. I guess he hasn't done that much voice acting, maybe. I don't know. I just know he is a voice actor. Lots of TV, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the guy's everywhere. Like I said, he's on Doom Patrol just last year. So, what happens to Doom Patrol if the streaming goes away? It's going to be on HBO Max. Okay. All the DC shows... We're on the streaming app. We're going to be on HBO Max. Like they already announced, Doom Patrol's getting a third season. Harley Quinn's getting a third season. Titans, I think, is already filming its third season. And Stargirl is going to CW. Okay. For its second season. Yeah, the only DC show on the streaming app that got canceled was Swamp Thing. And that got canceled like midway into its first season. Just, uh... Just wasn't bringing in the views, huh? Actually, it got canceled before it was released, so I don't know what the reasoning is. <laughs> oh. But it, it was very well received, and I enjoyed it. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to that one eventually. Okay. <sighs> Fuck, man. It's weird. This what We're an hour and 19 minutes in, and I feel like I've been here for like three hours. <laughs> it feels like a lot longer movie than When you're forced is. to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you're forced to just really stare at those gorgeous, glowing, round, massive balls flying about the screen. Because why wouldn't you? (laughs) You really don't have anything better to do with your day. (laughs) Ring the Banjo is a song, as well as the Banjo song. And the Banjo song. (laughs) Two songs called the Banjo song on this soundtrack. What the fuck? (laughs) Then we throw in Old Virginia just to mix things up. So they film this in Louisiana. Louisiana. Louisiana, all right. American Humane Society said that that dog was not shot. <laughs> we were worried about that. Fuck all the humans in this movie. The dog has the most believable role. <laughs> yeah. The dog just acted the hell out of it. He did. He committed. He turned down the Thing prequel to do this movie. <laughs> Alas, <laughs> the glory of what might have been. Jonah Hex. That's the end. I don't want to talk any more about this. <laughs> originally, I was like padding for time, and now I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> We're done. Like Jonah Hex, we will bury this in red dirt yeah. and never speak of it again. Anyway, next time we'll read the Jonah Hex comic that loosely inspired this movie, Two Gun Mojo. Um, that is. 
I don't know. It's fine. It's better than this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, so this is a Vertistop for me. It's a big old Vertistop. <laughs> big, in, in big, shiny red balls. <laughs> Giant <laughs> Vertistop balls. Exactly. Smacking in a Fassbender. <laughs> Yeah, watch watch Blueberry or Pale Rider or any of those other Western films if you want, you know, a dose yeah. of vengeance and or weirdness. And I, I'm a huge fan of the Weird West genre. I mean, I fucking, I've been working on a Weird West script forever. <laughs> it was just like, there was going to be just like all of the tropes of the genre mashed into one. And, uh, and I fucking, I would have loved this to be just a real true Weird West movie. And it was not. Alas, no, no. It was a... Whatever was there originally, which from the way you describe it, sounds like it was cool, just got boiled down into your basic meat and potatoes action western. Yeah. Again, I'd highly recommend reading the script. It's pretty easy to find online. I don't remember where it was that I read it or what website it was, but it was a, it was a really good script. I just noticed on the poster there, look at, look at Turnbull. Gorgeous glowing ball in his hand there. <laughs> what? Palming that huge round ball. <laughs> You're obsessed, man. No. But that brings out another another ridiculous point in this ridiculous plot. Like, if these things are so damn dangerous, but everyone's just like picking them up yeah. and handling them like it ain't no thing. But apparently they've got the power to destroy the world. Yeah, are we just gonna gloss over the fact that like those aren't explained at all? Like, Eli Whitney just, just created a magic glowing ball? Like, there's, there's no logical reason for these things to exist other than, Eli Whitney made them. Okay. <laughs> Eli Whitney has done better. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's kind of a, a wide breadth between cotton gin and exploding gold, or a glowing ball of magic. <laughs> right, right, Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what the reasoning behind that was either. Whatever. All right. Next time we're going to watch Lost Boys. I didn't like that movie when I first watched it in college, so I'm hoping I get more out of it this time. Hmm, Just never, never care for it. I actually was ex- – I'll talk about it next time. <laughs> Stay tuned. Go into my fucking – yeah, like kill my content for next time. <laughs> All right, Jonah Hex is a verta don't, diverta stop. I said verta don't last time. Jonah Hex, don't fucking watch it. Just read the comic, read the script, read the anything but this. Watch the animated thing. He shows up on Legends of Tomorrow also. Watch that. It's played by, I can't remember the actor's name, but it's good. <laughs> it's better than this. All right, goodbye. We're done. We're done out here. Farewell. Keep watching, but not this. <laughs>